It's our NXT TakeOver Phoenix and Royal Rumble 2019 review show. It's coming up next on the Double Turn Podcast, which starts right now. What's going on, everybody? It is quite the pleasure to be here with you this evening. We've got lots in store, of course. Uh, events in the Valley of the Sun are about to close, as WWE is about to close up shop in Phoenix for their grand tour of their second biggest pay-per-view of the year, the Royal Rumble. We also have NXT TakeOver Phoenix, which we will be starting with. But first and foremost, this is the Double Turn Podcast. Boss Ross coming at you. J-Man back in the studio with me tonight after a, a one-week absence Glad to have you back on the show, sir. My brother, it feels fantastic to be back. It's been quite a few weeks. I've been gone twice. I lost my voice, and then I had to take care of some family stuff. But uh, I wouldn't miss the review show for the Rumble and for TakeOver. I mean, I, w- I mean, if things happen in the world, you got to miss it. You got to miss it. But we're here, brother, and it's been a fantastic weekend. Let's rock this thing, man. So... uh I'm telling J-Man that he had to save his voice. Of course, we were both at the Royal Rumble live. Yes, we were. Uh, we are also, or we also had the pleasure of going to Monday Night Raw uh, for that live show. Uh, so we'll have our uh, takes from the live show when we do the Thursday podcast, our regular show of the week. Uh, we did not have this show on Sunday after the pay-per-view. Long story short, my phone died, and it was late by the time we both got out of there. Yep. So this is the review show for both the Saturday edition of TakeOver Phoenix and the Royal Rumble 2019. So let's just jump right into it. Uh, again, no three count, no uh, no regular show this week. This is simply a review show. Our regular show will take place on Thursday going forward. So... NXT TakeOver, which took place from Talking Stick Resort Arena on Saturday night. The yellow brand, yes. as I like to call it, the the third brand, Triple H's uh, son, daughter, child, if Baby. you want to say. It's his little dog. Whatever the case, well, yes. I mean, it was, NXT had a rough ride there for a while, but it's been pretty much uh, the premier brand when it comes to wrestling. Yeah. They Black had yellow nothing. The logo. They had nothing short of a great show on Saturday. For those of you that were able to enjoy it, also uh, had access uh, this weekend as well. For a five-match card, NXT, of course, uh, only does four of these a year. And uh, this was the first ever in Phoenix, Arizona. Five, actually, because they've been incorporating NXT Chicago the last two years, uh, the weekend of Money in the Bank. Okay, so I stand corrected yeah. as uh, on a lot of things on this show. Uh, so five takeover events here still it's not 12 no, it's not. or 15 or whatever wwe uh, deems they, doing they they did 17 back in like 2017 or something like that it was nuts that's insane yeah that's um, not an exaggerated I'm, number that's, i'm sure that's close to it i'm sure there was a show packlash that we want to forget or uh Crown some Jewel. other show yeah well remember their name they're not even calling it that best so. in the world sorry exactly which we'll get to best in the world when we go to our Royal Rumble review. I know you're thrilled about that. So, again, we had a five-match card. Uh, We started the night with the War Raiders challenging the Undisputed Era for the NXT Tag Team Championships. And the War Raiders got a pretty cool entrance. They had the Vikings come out on stage. That was a nice little grand entrance for the challengers. Not a good omen for the champions because normally when people get special entrances, they win. 
Yes. Uh, so the Undisputed Era came out. It was O'Reilly and Strong as originally uh, advertised. Uh, apparently, Bobby Fish is still not fully compa- uh, is he? He's not fully cleared to compete. It was a tongue twister for me. It's all good. Uh, and even though Adam Cole was not booked on this show, it was just the two of them that came out. Right. Uh, so this was about as straight up as a match as you could get. Uh, the War Raiders had been coming off a big win with uh, Ricochet and Dunn at War Games. Uh, I said this the last time. I believe it was Hanson that had the injury uh, that that kind of took them out of the picture and, and actually took them out of having their initial tag team title match yep. at first. Uh, so this was their shot to get the tag team titles. They had yeah. cooled off a little bit. They had. Uh, this was... It was either their first or second match since Hanson had come back from injury. Well, yeah, and you know what? It, it, it's been a little bit crazy because, as you said, Hanson had his injury. Roe got married to Sarah Logan, so this was kind of a cool-down period for the War Raiders. So it was um, very interesting to see them back at TakeOver for the match. And, uh, brother, you and I got this pick way wrong. So, uh, as I actually forgot to mention before we start, we are keeping score... For these pay-per-views, we had uh, well, we had a lot of picks for for this initial run. Mm-hmm. We had uh, we had five for this show and nine for the Rumble. That's true, and they added an additional match at the Rumble, which you and I had no idea about. Correct. So, so when that happens, those will not count. Right. Um. So going forward, that's how we'll do this. We will tally it up as we go. You and I both picked Undisputed Era, and it was uh, it was the War Raiders picking up the victory here. We have new NXT Tag Team Champions, Hanson and Rowe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if this is something that uh, has been in the works since War Games, if it's something they just decided to do uh, to kind of cool off the Undisputed Era a bit, even though they had kind of cooled off themselves. I don't want to say that they're a bad act by any means, but they've cooled off a little bit. They have substantially. Uh, so this does give life uh, into the Tag Team Division. They did lose Heavy Machinery. Uh, I don't even know if Heavy Machinery got a tag. No, actually, they did have one tag team title match, and they lost. That is correct. That was actually their um, basically their leaving NXT match. Uh, the last week of December, they had their match with the Undisputed Era in a very good match, but and, they lost. And then didn't Dozovich have like a championship match against Ciampa one week? It sounds right. Sounds about right. Like, I'm almost certain he wrestled Cole, but I don't think it was for the North American title because I don't think Cole was the champion when he wrestled him. No, that is correct. So, but that's heavy machinery. The War Raiders, I'll be interested to see where they go. I don't know if that uh, gimmick has a a long shelf life. I agree. Um, But in NXT, you know, it's something different. For all we know, the Undisputed Era are just going to get the belts back. Well, I mean, look at it this way. If No Way Jose can get a No Way Jose chant in Phoenix at Chase Field at the Rumble, Anything can happen at this point. And yes, I do mean that disrespectfully. Match went 17 minutes. It didn't feel like 17 minutes, which is a good thing that in this was a case. Very fast paced match. Um, fast paced. It was good. Uh, I have zero complaints about it. And we'll see where they go with the War Raiders. For sure. Congratulations to the War Raiders. They tore. So the tag team division in NXT is exactly what the tag team division should be in WWE as a whole. That's, that's just a fact. I'm, I keep getting blown away. Every opening match of every takeover has this thing of completely stealing the show and setting the bar so gosh darn high. And it's just unbelievable. It's mind-blowing every single time. The Undisputed Era and the War Raiders just went to town on one another. And then you were thinking to yourself, 
How do they do this every single time? Like, how are they possible of not having a single bad match at every takeover? And that's the War Raiders, but shout out and credit to the Undisputed Era because they have put themselves at such a high... You thought the Revival was killing it at NXT? Oh, boy, have Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly done something that I never thought could be able to be done, and that is potentially surpassing the Revival as the best tag team in NXT. By the way, I, I, I want to point this out before we move on. So, longest reigning NXT Tag Team Champions list. Uh, the Revival held it for 162 days, uh-huh. dropped it to American Alpha for two months, and then held it again for 164 days. Interesting. Uh, we had Blake and Murphy hold it for 219 days. Uh, that's pretty long. The Ascension held it for a year. Yes. That was a long time ago. That was back when it was Connor O'Brien and Connor, and then... Connor O'Brien and Connor? Yeah. Connor O'Brien, a.k.a. Connor, and then Victor. Oh, I'm sorry. You threw me off there. My apologies. Carry on. So, of course, we throw in the fact that uh, Bram, who ended up going, or that was his name he used in TNA. That was the original member with with Connor. Mm. And then Victor joined. Uh, And then the Undisputed Era won it at... um, NXT TakeOver New Orleans. Yes, they beat Sanity. And then they dropped it to Mustache Mountain for a day and then got it back. They held the belts for 421 days. It is recognized as them holding it for 378. Wow. So they were, as a combined group, the longest reigning tag team champions in NXT. That just speaks volumes about how high up... The Undisputed Era is regarded by Triple H and NXT management as a whole. And they rightfully so deserve to be up there. Indeed. Yeah. So that is where we are at with how influential the Undisputed Era have been. I've said it before on this podcast. I'll keep saying it until they get called up to the main roster. Besides Tommaso Ciampa. The Undisputed Era is the best thing going in NXT. Yes, they have cooled off just a little bit. But they are still the best thing going in NXT, and it's not even close. Again, with the you exception know, of Tommaso Ciampa. There is one guy that we're going to get to that's pretty high up on that list. Uh, yes, that is very correct. We'll get to him in a second. Second match on the night was Cassius Ono and Matt Riddle. I believe this is their third match. Yes, it was. Yes, so it was. So Riddle won the first one in six seconds. Mm-hmm. Did Ono beat him in the second match? That's a good question. Or was it a DQ? It may have been a DQ. I don't think Ono's beaten Riddle. I don't think so either. I think there was some instance where there was some semblance of a DQ, I think. So, uh, this is exactly what it needed to be. I actually said this was going to last 10 minutes. It lasted nine. Yeah. So, it was basically everything it needed to be. It was a back and forth, and Riddle put him in a submission and beat him. Hold on for one second. So... I couldn't watch all of this match. I did catch up on everything that was going on. I thought he was throwing elbow shots and punches, and that's when he, oh no, tapped out. That's exactly what happened. Okay, cool. Because you said a submission. I was like, I don't. It's listed as a submission. He gave up. That they should have called. I think to me, the technical call should be a technical knockout. Or he just gave up. That too. Okay. I just wouldn't call it a submission. 
that's what I'm seeing here in front no, of no, me. No, I, no, I believe you. I just Don't think- worry. We'll get to submissions I hated on another part of this podcast. That's fair. We'll get to it. All right. But uh, this is this is exactly what it needed to be. Mm-hmm. Matt Riddle needs to move on to another feud, and Cassius Sono needs to continue to be lost in NXT because He's that's where we're at. By the way, Cassius Sono, uh, now I will get to the fact that people were wearing Suns colors the whole weekend. At least this was at the Suns arena that he was wearing True. Suns colors. Yep. There were people at Chase Field wearing Suns colors. I have no idea why. That's the wrong place to do it. It is what it is. So Matt Riddle wins. Uh, I don't know what the plan is for WrestleMania weekend. That is the next takeover. Yeah. Takeover Uh, Brooklyn. Takeover Brooklyn. Four or is it five? I was going to be takeover Brooklyn five. Five. Okay. So I don't know what plans they have, but I'm sure they will be good. Yes. There you go. Oh, and not to mention, can we can we just mention this really quickly? Um, halftime Heat will be back next week uh, at halftime of the Super Bowl. If you tune over to WWE Network and to the WWE's YouTube channel, you will see a six-man tag team match of the NXT champion Tommaso Ciampa, uh, Johnny Gargano, and Adam Cole versus the Velveteen Dream, Aleister Black, and uh, Ricochet. That's going to be fire. I just wanted to throw that out there real quick. I was going to get there after. My sincerest apologies. Because we were going to get through all the matches with all the guys in it. Just It just got into my head. I needed to mention it. It's I'm okay. so sorry. We'll go ahead and go That's into That's why I'm the lead detail. on this show. Sorry. I'm the crappiest executive producer in the history <laughs> I of I never said that. I did. I'm just giving you a hard time. <laughs> no, it is worth noting. That is very exciting. Yeah. For those of us that will not be watching the big game, myself... That's awesome. Me too. Even though I will probably not watch it live because I will not be watching a single second of the big game for uh, jinxing the outcome. But you know what? The great thing is, <laughs> the f- I love the fact that they're going to throw it on the YouTube channel. Of course. The, yeah, I think it's great. You know, they do. They go on to YouTube live with their pre with the pre show and stuff like that. This is great. This is fantastic for WWE. They're going to go ahead and get a million hits easy. So, did they do halftime? I don't think they did halftime heat last year. No, they I did think not. the last time they did halftime at a Super Bowl was the infamous empty arena match with The Rock and Mankind. Yeah, it's been 20 years. Was that where he pinned him on the uh, forklift? That is correct. Yes. I love that feud. Rocky and Mick Foley, man. Honestly, you can make the case that the Mick Foley feud might be on the same level as the Triple H feud or the Austin feud. That's still that's still above everything. Okay. By a little bit. But the Triple H and Mick Foley feuds, they're, it's like 2A is, and 2B. Is Mick Foley's greatest rival Triple H or The Rock? Uh, I would honestly say it's probably The Rock because- Ooh, it's close. It's close, but I'll tell you why. And and I told myself I wouldn't go on a ramp, but this is not a ramp. This is just the reason why. I think because Mick Foley was actually able to beat The Rock clean twice where he really didn't beat Triple H at any point during that feud, I think that's the reason why it makes it be that Mick Foley and The Rock is a better rivalry because it actually was a rivalry. That makes sense. Fair. Yeah. Plus, we had Rock and Sock connection. At that that was the full circle. Love it. So that makes saw sense. one of those shirts at Rumble, by the way. Fire. Rock and Sock Fire. connection. Love that. Good times. By the way, it pisses me off that they're doing the Boston Hug connection, and it reminds me of the Rock and Sock connection. And Bailey and Sasha should not be considered anywhere near The Rock and Mick Foley. But they're not. I know, but the name kind of just. Anyways, let's go ahead. And well, get to the this is also the same people that have. Well, one of them has a a belly to belly as a finisher. We'll get to that. I I I'm just telling you. That's fine. Uh I think I can speak for both of us. This next match was match of the night. 
by far. I w- I'm not, however, I'm not going to say it was match of the weekend. I'm not sure if it was. Well, we'll get there. Yes, I know. Because we also have a lot of programming. And actually, yes. it doesn't count towards match of the week this week on our Thursday show because be- because pay-per-views not. don't count. They don't. Ah. It, okay, it was match of this event. For sure. Okay. Ricochet was defending his NXT North American Championship against, at this point, Johnny Failure. Or Johnny Takeover. Well, either way. Johnny Gargano. Yeah. Uh, We will have more to say about Johnny Gargano before the end of the show. Yeah. Johnny Gargano and uh, Ricochet wrestled for over 23 minutes. Uh, (sighs) If you have not watched either of these men in anything they've done since they've come to WWE, NXT, or anything they've done outside, Mm -hmm. uh, you absolutely are missing out. You you, you watch wrestling. The actual storytelling in this match, the high flying in this match, the different types of uh, ideas that they had in this match. Mm -hmm. Go out of your way to watch it. It's this match was and and by the way, for the record, um, and again, I hate speaking for you, but I will. There were people that thought like you that had zero expectations for this pay per view. They, I, I know, I know. I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say right now. But I, go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt you, but takeover keeps making me look like a fool. Fair enough. They do. Uh, I am not surprised, and due to our predictions, both of us were not surprised. Yes. They they actually had a title change here. As we uh, we now have the new North American champion in Johnny Gargano, and I will make this point again as I made to uh, many people, and that is if you would have told me a year ago that heel Johnny Gargano was going to have a title before babyface Johnny Gargano, I would have laughed at you and I would have owed you a lot of money. (laughs) Because Johnny Gargano was putting on very high-quality matches. Yeah, he was. The feud with Tommaso Ciampa, everyone was expecting him to finally beat him for the championship. He never did. They turned him heel, and now he's the North American champion. Yep. And a lot of people thought he was going to beat Almas in Philly last year, and he did not. He did not. And so I wonder if this is the start of, because, of course, at the end of the night, we had uh, Ciampa and Gargano. Uh, Of course, I'm jumping the gun a little bit, but the point is that – they were together on the stage. I mean, I'm still of the belief that Ciampa's in his head. He already kind of broke him. I don't know. I keep thinking to myself that Gargano's starting to get into Ciampa's. That's just me. Well, here's what I will say. I do not think we're going to see heel DIY. Neither do I. And I think if there's a chance that one of them is going to turn babyface, I think there's a better chance of them turning Gargano back babyface. Yeah, probably. However, there is the dichotomy Love that word. of uh, Big Bad Tommy C, Tommaso Ciampa going face mm. and having the uh, switch like they did in the uh, Ambrose-Rollins feud, which, by the way, also had a short shelf life uh, thus far. Yeah. So I'm hoping that if they ever go that route, that uh, it's... Give I mean, the time it deserves. I don't know if it needs a year. No, no, no. But at least a couple of takeover events will probably suffice. I think that the three takeover events that it was plenty for us to have to go through that storyline. And I, by the way, I'm not saying that I was tired of it. I just thought three consecutive takeover main events was perfectly fine with me. Uh, you were talking about uh, 
people that are absolutely unbelievable for this brand. We're talking mm-hmm. about uh, the Undisputed Era and Tommaso Ciampa. Johnny Gargano's up there, too. A ricochet. Ricochet. Listen, Ricochet has made me feel and look like the biggest dum-dum in the history of professional wrestling. Were you not high on Ricochet coming in? I was like, you know, he's good. You know, he's kill- he killed it in Lucha Underground as Prince Puma. He came over, and I was like, there's so many great things going on in NXT. How could this man possibly stand out? I was wrong, Ross. Mm-hmm. Stupidly wrong. He made me feel like an idiot at TakeOver New Orleans. And then he made me look like an idiot against Adam Cole. He made me look like an idiot against Velveteen Dream. And then he did a double backflip at War Games, and I was like, I'm done. I'm done. Ricochet is possibly the best wrestler on NXT programming right now. Let me tell you something. Tell it to me. When we look at these separate brands, mm-hmm. Raw, SmackDown, 205 Live, NXT, yeah. when it comes to the WWE universe, we think of, okay, the best performer, the best wrestler on Raw. Fair to say Seth Rollins? Probably, yeah. Okay. Best guy on SmackDown? It's AJ Styles. It's Daniel. Even Bra- though Daniel Bryan's doing great work, when you think of the best wrestler on that show. It's been AJ Styles for it's three AJ. years. It's AJ. Yeah. Okay. There are arguments to be made for 205 Live. People have different preferences about entertainer and actual best character, best everything. My personal preference is Gulak. But I realize that Buddy Murphy's been on a roll. People do like Cedric Alexander. People and there is Mustafa Ali, even though now he's on SmackDown. Now he's on SmackDown. Yeah. Right, exactly. So there's debate there. Yeah. And there is debate on NXT. But for my money, you take a guy that is doing everything. You put him against anybody. And I realize I could say this about a lot of guys. But I'm saying right now as a, I mean, you can make the same argument for Johnny Gargano, but I actually think Ricochet's better at promos yes. than Gargano is. So when it comes to the babyface side of things in NXT, you, you, want, you want somebody that you know you are going to get a feud, a match, a segment, a whatever, and get the best possible out out about it on on when I'm when I'm writing things out on a piece of paper and I'm like, okay, this is my plan. This is how we're gonna go. Ricochet is a cornerstone of that. I'm totally with you on that because if you asked me seven months ago who the best performer on NXT programming was, I would have told you it's a toss up between Tommaso Ciampa and Adam Cole. Ricochet has now entered into that conversation, regardless of being a babyface or a heel. And it's like I've been the biggest supporter of Adam Cole on this podcast. That's not saying baby. You know, like I've been saying Adam Boom. Cole is the next coming of Kevin Owens under Raw and SmackDown, and it's not even close. And then Ricochet comes in and he slaps me in the face and he makes me feel like an absolute fool. And I just don't want to love wrestling. And then I'm like, I'm an idiot. Ricochet is the man. This is another match where Ricochet made Johnny Gargano look like a million bucks. Yeah. And Gargano made Ricochet look like a million bucks. It, uh, it was a, a lot two of times, million dollar match. Yes. Ted DiBiase would be very proud because yes, he, he doubled his money. Hell yeah. There you go. Johnny Gargano is your new NXT North American champion. There, of course, is speculation as to what they're going to do going into the next takeover. We will uh, maybe speculate that on it once we get through the next two matches. For sure. Congratulations to Gargano, by the way. Uh, much deserved, kind of overdue for him to hold a title. That does not mean that Ricochet will not be holding a title again soon. Oh, he will. But it does mean that uh, we have Johnny Gargano... Again, I hate to call him a mid-carder in NXT, but it is the mid-card belt. It is a. It was a, to me. It's a. It's probably the. Unfortunately, I think it's the third most important title on NXT. 
because I think the second most important title is the title match we're about to talk about right now. Oh, Shayna Baszler. Oh, my Lord. She is the best heel in the women's wait, division. Wait, 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 wait. Time out. Time out. Time out. Okay. There's a reason why I'm saying that. Can you say that again, please? There's a reason why I'm saying it, and I'll tell you why. Can you? She can is you... currently the best heel in pro wrestling in the women's division. Thank you. But Thank not you. because of the Thank reason you. you think. It's not because of the reason you think, Ross. I feel very it's validated because... right no, now. No, no, no. You, you know your role, sir. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you the reason why Shayna Baszler is the best heel in the women's division in WWE right now. It's because the man is a baby face. And I'll keep saying it. Until you fully admit it, Becky Lynch has turned face, and that is the reason why Shayna Baszler is now the best heel in the women's division. If Becky Lynch were still doing her heel shtick, I'm sorry, it would be Becky, and I'll take that to the grave. But it's Shayna right now because Becky's a face. There you go. Heels don't get cheered. That's why Becky's killing it right now, because she's a baby face. Shayna Baszler was taking on the worst gimmick in wrestling, the EST, Bianca yeah. Belair, uh-huh. for the NXT Women's Championship By the match. way, can, I sh- can we share really quickly with the interaction that you and I had when you asked me uh, of Bianca Belair? Okay. Um, so once I, once I brought up what the gimmick was, yeah. which I've been highly critical of many gimmicks on this show, the man being one of them. Yes. But EST has to take the cake because it's she's the fastest, strongest, quickest. Sorry. Well, I won't call her unintelligent. That's what her gimmick is. So, oh, well, plus she uses hair as a weapon in the match, which, by the way, Shayna Baszler got a nasty little cut on her abdomen from a hair shot. <laughs> yes, a hair shot. Who would have thought? Well, I mean, she, well, I mean Bianca Belair has pretty much got a rat tail on her head. <laughs> it is. No, I'm with have, you. Have you ever have you ever rolled up a towel like like an yes. actual wet towel? It's a rat tail. Yes, absolutely. That's exactly what her hair is. It's a rat tail. Could you imagine if it was wet and whoosh. oh, that'll leave a mark. You could you could you could have some internal injuries with that thing. This is true. Let me tell you. Yeah. Uh, so when I when I when I explained the gimmick, we were both kind of like, well, that's Stupid. not not cool right. or not really great. And then and, and then I asked you, I was like, you're gonna pick Bianca Belair to beat her just to just to annoy me. And your response was Uh I said, You told me figured you would pick Belair, and I was like, Nope, not about the EST. You said LMFAO, but she's a friend of H, meaning Triple H, my boy. <laughs> my response to you was Don't give two bleeps, don't like her, have someone else better beat Baszler. You responded with the Sideways laughing, crying emoji. It's true. This that was the interaction on our text messages. So, Shayna Baszler, being the submission specialist that she is, submission specialist extraordinaire. Exactly. Uh, so her style of match is ground and pound. Yeah, slow you down, mm-hmm. beat you. Very limb different from limb. than Ronda, by the way. Say again. Very different than Ronda. Well, right. yeah. I mean, they are two different. I mean, let me let me put it to you this way. Mm-hmm. And yes, this is going to be very high praise. Okay. Think if you channeled Pete Dunne through Shayna Baszler. Oh, okay. Very similar styles. For sure. Slow you down. Yeah. Pound and ground, or mm-hmm. I should say ground and pound, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing really that flashy. Yeah. Take you down limb by limb. Beat the holy hell out of you. Now, Dunne has submissions, mm-hmm. 
but he does have his finishing move. Yeah, finishing move but is so sick. By it's the way. gonna be violent. It's gonna be physical. High and impact. you are going to feel like you are severely weakened at the end of that match. <laughs> That's a great that I love that description. Well done. Sir. That's why Shane bit now. That will make Pete Dunn a great heel when he goes heel again. Right. Because he was a heel to start. Yes, he was. Because in the in the feud with him and Tyler Bate, he was a heel. Yes, he was. Even though he gets cheered all the time. Yep. I know. And I just got on cheering heels. But the guy's awesome, which is why he's a babyface now. You know you know who else is freaking awesome? Becky the Man Lynch. We'll get to Becky Lynch. We have lots to talk about with her. Yes, we do. Shayna Baszler, uh, she had the technical submission in this match against she, Bianca she Belair. She pass out. She did pass out, which 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 keeps Belair strong. Um, they there was an interesting uh, moment in the match where uh, Baszler stepped on Bianca Belair's arm. There was the loud shriek of the uh, "Oh my gosh, you broke my arm!" Of course, it's kayfabe, yeah. but that was a cool little uh, like illusion kind of thing that they right. pulled. Of- I, I, you know, I think what people need to start appreciating about Shayna Baszler is she's a She's throwback. She's she. I mean, she's kind of old. She's got an old school vibe to it. She's believable. There you go. That's what it is. So Belair gets her first loss. She passed out. She never tapped out, and she still has not been pinned. Right. So she can use that uh, going forward as to uh, either a rematch on television or uh, something of that nature. Or maybe uh, it could be a t- the rematch to take over Brooklyn. I, I thought mean, it was the right call for her to lose yeah. here. Baszler um, doesn't need to lose the title yet. Correct. And we'll see what they do uh, with uh, Shayna Baszler in uh, keeping her strong on this belt uh, because, and believe it or not, and this is actually hard for me to believe, so she was champion for 133 days mm-hmm. when she beat Ember. Right. That was basically Ember's way out of the company. Right. She that beat was, her at New Orleans, right? Or, yes. Okay. So that was in April. So Ember's really only been on the main roster for almost a year. It's gonna be. It's been ten months, right? Yeah. And then Kyrie Sane held the belt for two months. Yeah. And then Baszler's been champion for ninety-two days. Baszler's been killing it. She's awesome. She's great. She really is. And you know what? She had to really get people to buy in. Yeah. And I everybody hope else, people have had her finally think, figured out. I think that at this point where she is in her career, in her young career, I think people have finally been able to separate her away from Ronda because they came in, it was Ronda and her friends. Now, it's, it's Ronda, Shayna and Shayna's and Ronda and Shayna's friend, friends. Well, and on TV it's Ronda, Shayna and Shayna's friends. Yeah, exactly. I I say Ronda and Shayna's friends, but you mm-hmm. know, again, they're with Shayna and NXT and whatnot. First of all, second of all, Shayna and the other two horsewomen are actually heels. Ronda's right now a face, right now. But yeah, so it's just interesting. But you know, it's great to see Shayna being able to go ahead and get out of the shadow of Ronda. It's been great. 2020 WrestleMania. I think it's time to uh, pull Shana, the trigger on uh, Ronda or the four. Are you talk about four horsewomen. Yes, I think it needs to happen sooner. Depending on what happens at WrestleMania this year, SummerSlam I don't know, it might, might happen at SummerSlam. Okay, yeah. I was just saying for WrestleMania, you give some time, maybe maybe actually put Shafir and Duke on television wrestling. True, that, that might be the reason why. We'll see. We'll see. And also needs to depend on whether or not how long it takes for WWE to call up Shayna Baszler. True. So, which I would not call her up until you're ready to do it. Exactly. Final match on this show: Alistair Black challenging. Big bad Tommaso Champa, Big Bad Tommy C, the NXT Championship. This is a different match than the normal matches we get on NXT programming, by the way. Which it should be. Yeah. Um, 
Alistair Black, this is, uh, well, let's see. He lost the title to Ciampa. Back in July? And then he got taken out by Gargano. Yep. They had that feud. And now he gets his rematch. So it's kind of that it's it's kind of that disjointed hey like I fought you a while ago and then I kind of had to deal with this other guy and now I'm fighting you again. Exactly. So I don't want to say the heat for this match kind of cooled off, but at the same time, it did. It kind of did. By the way, Tommaso Ciampa has been champion for 194 days. The last champion that had the belt for that long, Finn Balor. Bobby Roode. Oh, that's right. Bobby Roode had a pretty long reign, didn't he? 202 days. Yeah. Then he lost it to McIntyre. That's true. That's true. Which, if I'm not mistaken, the longest reigning NXT champion of all time is Finn Balor. It was Neville, and then Balor beat that reign. Correct. Balor, 292, Neville, 286. And uh, most Dallas. people do not remember that Bo Dallas was the champion for 260 days. Do you remember who he beat? For the title? Yes. Was it Biggie? It was. Ah, Which is who beat Seth? Yes. Seth was the inaugural champ. Can you imagine now Big E beating Seth for a title? Can you imagine Bo Dallas beating Seth for a title? What in the (laughs) world? What has this world come to, ladies and gentlemen? I know. Uh, This was, I will be honest, if Gargano and Ricochet was not on this card, this This would have been been match match of the night. night. This takes nothing away from the fact that... I think everybody knew this was going to be Aleister Black's last match. He was going to look strong. However, he was going to be pinned clean. Yes. I think everybody knew that. And unfortunately, when everybody knows what the outcome is going to be. Kind of takes away from it. It does. But at the same time, I think people were like, we hate Ciampa. We want Ciampa to lose, which, by the way, makes him one of the greatest. One of the best heels in the company, period. Or professional wrestling as a whole. It does. When you have somebody that you respect but you still hate right especially for that year he just broke down gargano made gargano's life an absolute living hell it's true and so uh i believe i believe champa hit four fairy tale endings that sounds about right so black kicked out of three of them yes he did and he did not hit project champa he did not and did Black hit Black Mass once? I think it was twice. I thought the second time his leg gave out. Yeah, I, mean, I think he still... Did he connect, though? I don't think he connected on the second one. You're, I know I he right. hit it once. Yes. And Jampa kicked out. Right. And I think the second one, his leg gave out, and then I think Fairy Tale Ending 4 happened, and then it, then and Jampa won. Right. End of the match, saw Jampa going up the ramp. Gargano joined him on the stage. Staring at that NXT title. Velveteen Dream, who had been kind of walking around the crowd with two uh, ladies the whole night. I called him Velveteen Caddy because of his pants. They were (laughs) awful. I don't know what hat that was, and it was a turtleneck. Yep. But it's Velveteen. Apparently, people love that. Right. Uh, So he came out, kind of yelled at uh, Gargano and Champa, and -hmm. And then Cole came out. Adam Cole came out. Big pop, by the way. Huge pop for Adam Cole. And then... Aleister Black came up. Aleister Black came back out. And then... Ricochet, Ricochet baby. Ricochet came out. Oh, dude, that was crazy stuff. So, 
What uh, the J-Man mentioned earlier, I will mention again. We have a six-man tag team match at halftime heat during the big game this weekend. Now, my question is, are they going to do this in front of the crowd in full sale? I would imagine so. I, I want, I don't, because I don't want this to go ahead and be not in front of a crowd because I need this to be in front of a crowd. Oh, come on. You know you want an empty arena match. I'm not about Especially that with right. Strom as the referee. Wait, he's WWE. What is it? John Cohn, Agent Strom from Saw. It'll change your life forever. I'm just saying. Nicholas, where you at, bro? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you can't unsee it. That's all I'm saying. Thanks a lot, John Cohn. I saw you tonight. You fixed your hair 12 times in three matches. <laughs> Less gel. Oh, anyway, shoot. the refs have a hard job as it is. I'm yes, just here. So that sets up the six-man match of the six individuals I just said, which is Gargano, Ciampa, and Cole yep. against Dream, Black, and Ricochet. So that was a great way to end NXT TakeOver Phoenix. It is in the books. And by the Hopefully. way, we'll make our pick for that match on Thursday because, uh, I mean, Super Bowl 53 is this upcoming weekend. So yes. I guess we'll make that pick on Thursday. So uh, we both picked Riddle, Gargano, Baszler, and Ciampa. We both missed the War Raiders, so four out of five for both of us. Hey, that makes us pretty smart gentlemen. So far. For sure. Royal Rumble 2019 from Chase Field with an attendance of forty eight thousand one hundred ninety three people, which I would lies lies, <laughs> but there was definitely forty. There was de- I would definitely say there was forty k. We were both there live. Uh, I was in the two hundred section. J Man was, was in the three hundred section. Yep, I had a really good view of the ring. So even though there was a pillar in, in in our way, we were right above where the stage was. Nice. I did have my doubts about them hiding the fact that these people were coming out from a dugout. I actually thought it looked pretty cool. It did. Um, obviously you could see the railing from one of the dugouts. So you could absolutely tell that it was, mm. but everything else about it did not scream dugout. No. And you know what I loved about it? Uh, it was still a pretty long entrance way to the ring itself. Mm. So people were able to go ahead and really sprint down. And first, second of all, it was level grounded. So people weren't running down a ramp. Yes. And the reason why I bring that up is I always get afraid of people actually falling not in the funny way of titus o'neill i just don't want somebody running towards the ring and all of a sudden tripping and then tearing an acl just the last thing we need uh there was no wrestlemania sign so they had to put one on a graphic on the board in uh, center field or in left center field whatever you want to call it so they put that uh at the uh at the end of each rumble they put the graphic up so the competitors pointed at a graphic yep uh, when we talk about Raw, there was an actual WrestleMania sign tonight, so yep. I don't know if they just couldn't rig it at Chase Field, which I think is it was very just possible. Logistics, like you said, it was just not a, a, a really a feasible way of placing it. However, I would have thought to have put it like uh, not in left field, but in the in the bleachers. Um, well, remember they also have to have it for the hard camera. That's a good point. You're oh man, see this is why you're you're so, a freaking genius. So I mean that's I get it, but. Yeah. Uh, Chase Field, I still stand by my stance of I believe this is the first major pay-per-view in a baseball stadium since WrestleMania 19. To go ahead and back up your statement, I looked it up. You are absolutely correct because they haven't held anything in Sky Dome and everything else has been football stadiums basically ever since. Uh, Because WrestleMania 18 was at Sky Dome. Rogers Center now. Yes. And uh, 19 was held at Safeco Field, which is where the Mariners still play. That is in correct. Seattle. So to, um, 20 was at the Garden. 21 was at Staples. 22 was at Allstate in Chicago. 23 was at Ford Field. 
24 at the Citrus Bowl, 25 in Houston at Reliant, 26 here in Glendale. At 27 at Atlanta, 28 Miami, Miami, 29 Jersey, 30, 30 at the Superdome, 31 San Francisco, mm-hmm. oh, I'm sorry, uh, Santa, uh, Santa Clara. Clara, 32 Dallas. Yep. 33 was at the Citrus Bowl again, 34 back at the Super Bowl, and, and then, then we're Jersey. back in Jersey this year. So it's all been football stadiums. I can't believe we just named all of those places. We're Indeed. freaking geniuses. Pay us, WWE. And that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> so Chase Field, uh, every of all the rest of the events uh, were at Talking Stick Resort Arena. With the NXT. exception of uh, Access. Well, right, but I'm saying but of yes, the shows. Absolutely. NXT, Raw, SmackDown, all at Talking Stick Resort Arena. Yep. So this was at Chase Field. Um, I thought the setup looked nice. There were three pre-show matches and seven main show matches. Again, uh, there was a match that was not announced. And uh, when we get through this, we will have, of course, our comments. So, of course, uh, we had nine predictions. So we'll go through those as well. So let's just get started. Royal Rumble 2019 started with the most random tag team match possibly ever. Bobby it was not Roode. a tag team title match, by the way. It, was, a it was not. It was just a tag team filler match on the pre-show. Stupid. It was Bobby Roode and Chad Gable, the glorious ones, as Is I will the, call them. That's a great name. They should maybe give them that name. Exactly. Oh, of course, knowing them, they'll probably just be called Glorious. Or Team, team glorious. glorious. Yeah, why not? That sounds dumb. B Team, B Team, Ho, 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 or whatever they say. Is, is it Go, Go, Go? I, I don't care. It's stupid as what it is. Bobby Roode and Chad Gable. Faced Razor from the Authors of Pain. And was it Wilder or was and it Dawson? Scott Dawson. Oh my good lord. From the revival. Speculation was Dash and or Akam injured. Well, Akam is definitely injured. So why not just have the revival? I don't know. Was Dash too busy at like somebody's show, like a comedy club? Maybe he was at AEW. That's speculation. I'm I'm a speculator. Perhaps he was uh, riding the light rail for fun. I don't know. Sweet Jesus was the light rail nuts yesterday. Perhaps he was lost in a parking garage. It wouldn't surprise me. Perhaps he went to State Farm Stadium instead. All the way in Glendale. That makes sense. Yes. Maybe he was stuck in his hotel room and perhaps, didn't want to come to the arena. Perhaps the he went to the arena where the Coyotes play. That could be it. I could go on with horrible jokes like this. Well, maybe he the went all the is, way down to Tucson on accident. The point is, we had Drake Maverick come out with a Razor, and Scott Dawson just showed up. I was like, is this a triple threat tag team match? Nope, it was Razor and Scott Dawson versus Bobby Roode and Chad Gable. Oh the good gosh. thing about this match, it went under seven minutes. Uh, the bad thing is, long, everything sure. else. Roode and Gable won. Think, okay. That's literally all I have to say about it. All right, well, let's move on. Apparently, hashtag FTR is a real thing. We go hard all day and all night. Yep. All my proud Southern people who be ready to fight say, yeah. 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 Okay. Shinsuke Nakamura. <laughs> I cannot believe that just happened and on this podcast. Alexander Rusev. Yes. Oh, Alexander Rusev. With his, Machka. Wife, with his wife, CJ Perry. Lana looked unbelievable at this show that red dress unbelievable i have more to say as we go on uh so so this was for the you know unbelievable oh i love that song thank you emf uh so this was for the united states title the least relevant title in the company that's a 
No, actually, I'm going to disagree with you. The okay. Raw Tag Team titles are the least relevant titles in the company. We just had this conversation. <laughs> like, son of a gun. Like, don't, no. Okay, remember that the United States title is is and will forever be seen as a WCW belt. Well, the Raw Tag Team titles are just basically two nickels strapped on red straps. At least uh, a McMahon is not holding one of them right now. Don't give me... St- don't, okay, let's just talk about the U.S. I'm title. just saying. I know. I'm, I'm, so Rusev <laughs> was defending his United States title against Ashinsuke Nakamura. United States of Nakamura. Yes. Nakamura, uh, baby. So the important spot of this match was that Nakamura was on the ropes. Yeah. Rusev was, oh, I'm sorry, Nakamura was being distracted by Lana on the ropes. And all of a sudden, Rusev came in and hit his wife. On accident. On accident, off of the ring, uh, which then set up for uh, Nakamura hitting Kinshasa, one, two, three, your winner and new WWE United States Champion. Once again, Shinsuke Nakamura. Now, my first question to you is, why did they take the belt off of Nakamura to start with? Two. You mean off of Rusev? No. Initially, oh, of, Nakamura oh, lost it. Yes. Christmas. Okay. And then they gave it to Rusev, and then Nakamura just got it back. So the question, why did they take it off in Nakamura to give it to Rusev? Because they probably wanted to go ahead and send people home happy during the holidays. Um, why did they give it back to him? I don't know, because Rusev was actually really over with the title, and he's been doing great. Him and Lana are a great pairing. Obviously, that makes sense because they're married. Um I don't know why they decided to give it back to Nakamura. Maybe this is their way of continuing to try and keep him relevant, even though his rumble showing wasn't very relevant. We'll get to that in a second. Um, I thought it was a really not that great. Of, I really honestly didn't, didn't think it was a good move. Unless you're going to plan on doing something different with Rusev, which they're not. We know that for a fact that they're not going to do that. He had a great showing with AJ Styles at Extreme Rules last year for the WWE title. How did he capitalize off of that? In no way, shape, or damn form. So I don't know why they took the title off of him. Mm-hmm. It was really frustrating. I like Nakamura. Don't get me wrong, but Rusev is better. Rusev is more over. Rusev can cut a promo. And no, it doesn't have to do with Nakamura being Japanese and can't speak English very well. It's just the fact that he just doesn't cut promos very well. You can be flamboyant and all that good stuff. That doesn't mean you're a good promo. Come on. Ten-minute match. Yeah. It's on the pre-show. Mm-hmm. There was a reason it was on the pre-show. I don't think many people were expecting a title change here. I didn't I definitely did not think that you and I picked this match wrong. We both had Rusev winning. Yes, we did. So that was uh that was our first blemish on the uh WWE side. Yeah. For the night. So Shinsuke. I have a feeling I know where their plan is going. We'll see how it plans out over the next 10 weeks. Okay. Cuz they're now less than 70 days away from WrestleMania. So 10 weeks. Very exciting. They have time. They do. So, although this was shocking, we'll see what happens going forward. For sure. Our third pre-show match, the Cruiserweight title match, the champion Buddy Murphy in his toughest challenge yet. Definitely. Because it's a fatal four-way. Akira Tozawa, Hideo Itami, and Kalisto in front of the, uh, fatal not four-way. a full, full-packed house, but starting to get packed. Well, and I'm glad they waited to do this as the last pre-show match. I agree. Uh, this is uh, easily the best of the pre-show matches. It was also given only 12 minutes. However, 
This was a match that felt like it went 15. So everything that they did pacing-wise, I thought was very well. Right. This was the first good match on the show, yes. I thought. I'm not saying Nakamura and, and, and Rusev was bad. It just wasn't good. So uh, we both picked Buddy Murphy to retain. He did. Yep. However, I am shocked. That they had him pinned to Tommy. That Tommy got pinned. Yeah. We, I said he was going to pin Tazawa. You said he was going to pin Kalisto. Kalisto. Uh, so briefly, what did you think of this match? Um, it could have been a little bit better. It was not the highest of qualities, you know, compared to his match with Alexandra in Melbourne and compared to uh, his title match with Ali at Survivor Series. But uh, I thought it was great. Regardless, um, Buddy Murphy can go in the ring. He really, really can. Shout out to Itami. Itami was, by the way, I thought Itami got loopy after that shot to the knee from the knee from uh, from Buddy Murphy towards the end of the match. Like he okay. really got him. Uh, Kalisto got in a lot of action, which is understandable. He's still very over with uh, a majority of the WWE universe. Um, Akira Tozawa. How do I put this? He's a good wrestler, but he's actually a very good wrestler. He's a very good wrestler, but there's just something about his personality—not his personality, but just his character—is just not. He can't cut a promo. He can't cut a promo. Kendrick had to cut his promos for him. Yes. Here's 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 what I will say about this match. I think everybody was waiting for Murphy to win. Right. That to me did not take away from the fact that this was easily. One of the highest energy matches of the night. Oh, yeah, by I far. I think people needed this pickup to get, you know, everybody's piling in. You want to see a good match to start. So, to me, this felt like an opener. Even I agree. though it was the closing of the pre-show, and even though the opener was good, mm-hmm. this was a solid open to the show. Again. Had this been on the main card, it would have felt right at home. And, again, on this pre-show, it was fine. It did exactly what it needed to do. Everybody got cool stuff in. Everybody looked strong. Yep. Okay. Even though a Tommy got pinned, he right? Very strong. You still had Kalisto. He almost, looked, he almost hit the go to sleep in the match. Actually, Kalisto looked comfortable. Yeah. Zawa looked comfortable. And Tommy looked like he belonged. And Buddy Murphy proved that he took on all challengers for sure. And he proved that he's probably the best cruiserweight in the entire division right now. Perfect. Which makes sense because he's a champ. There it is. I so like Buddy him. Murphy is still. Your cruiserweight champion. We were one for one. I'm sorry, one for two. Yes, because we can't count the first match. Right. This card started with Oscar and Becky Lynch for the SmackDown Women's Title. That was an omen of things to come. However, I will say without question, which by the way, outside of the two Rumbles Mm -hmm. uh, and the Brian AJ Styles match. Mm. This was the longest match on the card. It was. At 17 minutes. And it deserved every minute of it. Now, here's what I will tell you. I will be fair and say the first half of this match. Was a little slow. Was not only slow. It was getting to the point where I was like, okay, they're going to cut this time. Because they want to make sure other things have time. Yeah. Now, luckily, the back half of the match was some of the best wrestling on the entire card. Oh, definitely. After, I mean, that neck breaker off of the ring apron to the floor was sick. 
Uh, Becky hit a backsploder onto the barricade. That was sick. All of the all of the combinations and trading of submission holds oh, and rolling out and getting pinfalls. Yeah. yeah, I mean, for anybody that has been down since Oscar since WrestleMania when she lost to Charlotte, there which, better, you better which, be back by the up. way is perfectly warranted because she has literally just become another member of the roster since that happened. James Ellsworth made her become another member of the roster. So WrestleMania was, so that was what, a year ago? Almost a year ago. So it took them a year to figure out that, I don't know, Asuka's really good in the ring? What a, what a shocker. What a concept. Oh my gosh. Now, I'll still defend the fact that they wanted to put over the fact that Carmella was beating Charlotte and Asuka and making Carmella, like, actually fit in that roster. Which is perfectly fine. It's fine. So, for those of you that were down on Asuka, welcome back. Because, again, welcome back, Asuka. the last eight minutes of this match, I said five to ten, so I'll be fair, eight, which is about halfway through this match. Yeah. The last eight minutes of this match Say it, dude. was easily, easily... The best thing on this show. It was freaking fire. Now, I realize that there are matches that were better as a whole. Yeah. But that little bit, that eight minutes of just me being on the edge of my seat going, that was a really cool move. Holy cow, that was a really good escape. Well, oh, my gosh, another cool move. Oh, my gosh, a near fall. I was getting, and a submission. Exactly. I was actually starting to freak out because I was like, is Becky actually going to win the title back? Because if she wins the title back, then how does that make her have a match with Ronda at WrestleMania? You know? And then Asuka just made her tap out. Which... Okay, so you and I both called Asuka beating Becky. Yes. I did not think Becky was going to tap out to Asuka. That was a very interesting move. However, and I've said this before, and I will say it again, and I will do it briefly. Mm -hmm. If your idea is to fully make Becky Lynch a babyface and tell the story that she fails winning her title back, and there's the redemption story, and she builds back to win it at WrestleMania, her having this moment of humility. Right. And tapping to the person that beat her makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. I'm with you. So, again, this match, the last half of it, excellent. Please rewatch it. Yes. Just skip to about halfway through it and you'll be fine. And you know what? If they had a rematch and I, at some point down the road in the next seven or eight months, I would be all for it. I'd say now, but given the circumstances of what Ross and I witnessed uh, just a couple of hours ago, uh, which we'll talk about on Thursday. Things have certainly changed. I'm sure that you would have found out by now what's going on. But just know, Becky and Asuka was great. A rematch would be welcome anytime. So, Asuka retains her SmackDown Women's Championship. Becky Lynch kind of left in the breeze because she was not officially in the Rumble at this point. She had not been announced. She had a title match. Yep. More to come later, though. Yes. Their first mistake placing on the show. Mm-hmm. Probably was... one of the only mistakes on this show. Now, I will admit to you that they probably should have put this after the Women's Rumble. Yes. And put the Daniel Bryan AJ Styles match after this match. They could have either done one of two things. They could have either put it there or they could have put the WWE title match to open the show and then have Becky and Asuka go on right after that. Either way. And again. Still put the SmackDown Tag Team title match after the Women's Rumble. They did not do that. Boss Ross, please explain. So what they did was they decided, okay, we're going to set up the Becky storyline, which is essentially one of the main storylines of this show. Right. That was to start the show. Mm -hmm. And then they decided, 
we're going to have a really cool spot that no one expects in our tag team match. And that's going to get a pop. And then we're going to have another match that's going to be a come down match to one of the rumbles. And then we're going to tell you don't really pay attention until the men's rumble. Why they decided to do this? Well, I guess the most, uh, I guess the only storyline that matters is Becky Lynch. And Shane McMahon winning the tag team titles. Again, it was, it was asinine. It was a spot. It was an asinine which, 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 situation. Which, by the way, I will fully admit to you mm-hmm. and reward you with this statement. It was a really cool spot. It was unexpected, mm-hmm. and it did get a huge pop. It did, yeah. If you're talking about the shooting star press, The match then I'm yes. talking about is The Bar, Sheamus and Cesaro defending their SmackDown Tag Team Championships against the team I will like to call Shane O'Mez. Or the best in the world. Or the best in the world. The Miz and Shane McMahon challenging for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. I knew this was a bad omen for the bar. As I had said ad nauseum, they have already lost. Uh, well, they had lost to Braun Strowman and a and 10-year-old. A but really Braun Strowman. So I guess that's not too bad, but it is a 10-year-old. They literally could have had anybody. I'm talking to you, Strom. It was your kid. I'm just saying. John Cohn. Joke number two that goes over horribly on this podcast. The point is that they also lost via P joke to Authors of Pain. Yeah. That was also the last time we saw Big Show on TV after the bar just kicked him out of their group. Oh my gosh. Big Show, I love you, man. Just please retire. By the way, did we say it was the show bar or the bar show? I like the bar show. The bar show? Yeah. There's like a there's like a little annex to their to their bar where the show happens. Exactly. Well, it's the big show. Just saying. Big show. Awesome in person if you've never gotten a chance to meet him. Yeah. Plus, he's like an ambassador. He like does a bunch of charity work for them. Yeah. He's a great guy. And he's ripped. Yes. Much like your boy, Triple H. I don't need to see him wrestle anymore, though. Just saying. Time to play the game. You popped, <laughs> by the way, for Triple H. I'm just going to th- throw that out there. What? You mean tonight? Yeah. Well, I was excited for the music. Get the hell out of here. Okay, let, me, let me just talk about Shane McMahon. And Shane the Miz, McMahon then. and The Miz. I don't believe a damn word you just said. <laughs> You're lying on this podcast. Triple H is the father of NXT or any incarnation where he doesn't wrestle, I'm okay with. Oh, my gosh. All right. Also, I don't need to see him do the uh, crotch chop ever again. Also, I'm uh, upset that he got hurt at a show that doesn't matter because now I can't see him wrestle Batista. <laughs> and, of course, get his win back because he's on his Hogan win tour now. Getting all his wins back. Because guess what? He would have beaten Batista. I No, he wouldn't have. Yes, he would have. No, he wouldn't have. Let's. Uh, we got to talk okay. about Shane McMahon. Shane and Miz, and Miz versus <laughs> The Bar. I'm going through this quickly because there was literally one good thing about it. There was a shooting star press that ended the match. Yep. I will sit here and tell you, Shane McMahon won the titles. The Miz barely did anything. Shane McMahon, uh, Miz did hit a skull-crushing finale on, on So Sheamus. he hit one move in 12 minutes. Actually, it was 13. He hit yeah. one move. By the way, Shane McMahon got the hot tag. Freaking pisses me off, but I will give credit where credit is due. The bar made them look good? Yes. Well, okay, I'll give credit to two <laughs> things. Yes, one, the bar made them look like an absolute, the greatest tag team in the history of life. Best two, of the world. Yeah. Second of all, Shane McMahon does a really good shooting star press. A re, Like, for a man who does not wrestle, not even part-time, for a man that's not a wrestler, period, that was one hell of a shooting star press. I will give Props all day and night to that move performed by Shane McMahon. Well done. 
That is all I will say. You and I both picked this match correctly. It was one of those situations where it was so gosh darn obvious. And it was frustrating to note. And this is not against The Miz, by the way. I know you're not the biggest Miz fan. I like The Miz. I have come I, around on The Miz. You have come yes. around The Miz. But it's just one of those situations that Vince and whoever the heck else was booking this match said, what do I want to do? Do I want to go ahead and give the spotlight to the most important title in WWE or do I want to give the spotlight to my son who in no way shape or form deserves it or needs it oh I know what I'm going to do I'm going to have my 49 year old son pin one of the best damn wrestlers on the planet clean with a shooting star freaking press in front of 45,000 people at the second biggest pay-per-view of the damn year ridiculous New SmackDown Tag Team Champions. The best they the celebrated world. with the Miz's dad. That was beautiful. After uh, after them, actually pre pre match and post match, it was beautiful. I will admit that. Uh, Cesaro was pinned by Shane McMahon. Unbelievable match of the night. Obviously, just mm. kidding. Let's talk. Let's talk about what was great, though. Please. Oh, okay. So here's so here's something that I do love about this podcast okay. when we actually have dissenting opinions. I hated the next match. I thought it was boring. Hold on. Ronda and Sasha. Oh, that's right. Ronda and Sasha was before the Rumble. Ronda Sorry, and I, Sasha. Was, I thought we were going right to the... You hold on for one second. What did you just say to me? Say that. Repeat that one more time. Ronda and Sasha was not a good match. You were out of your gosh darn mind. Here's why. Explain, please. Okay. Sasha Banks has a very... Weird, she wild style. She doesn't work lucha, yeah. But she works that style where I feel like if she was like fifty pounds heavier and six inches taller, she could do this. But she's not. The problem is smaller women wrestlers. She's one of the smallest wrestlers on the roster. Period. The problem is she's like barely taller and bigger than Zelina Vega. And she's trying to wrestle like she's hanging with Charlotte Flair all the time, who's a monster in this division. Who I mean, Charlotte Flair, I've said this before on this podcast, I'll say it till the day I die. She's the best wrestler in the division, with the possible exception of the, of Becky Lynch. The Bexploder. Yeah. By the way, that's that's an awesome nickname, the Bexploder, sure even, even though it's the name of a move. Better than the Arsonist, which I still leave for Seth Rollins. Burn it down. He's the Arsonist. Not the architect, the Arsonist. Okay. Just saying. So, <laughs> here's why. Here's why I didn't like this match. Okay. okay go ahead. First of all, you have to kind of be safe with somebody who's a little reckless. I I I didn't say Sasha was unsafe. Right. I said out of, anybody, out of anybody Ronda has faced, easily the clunkiest to work with that it's she's Sasha. faced. Maybe other than Nia, but again, Nia's bigger, so. There's so there's different challenges that come with bigger rather than much smaller. I think it's harder to work with somebody smaller because I mean, you could try and talk. So, Natty, let's use Natty for an example. The match that they had on the Christmas Eve episode of Monday Night Raw a few weeks back. Natty is the perfect size to work with Rhonda because Rhonda can throw her, and because of Natty's size. It looks believable, but at the same time, Natty can do things safely because she's got the the meat to back it all up where she can take the impact, right? Mm -hmm. Sasha Banks, 
I can't reiterate this enough. She is one of the smallest wrestlers in the women's division, period. Mm-hmm. She is more petite than she's she's taller than Alexa Bliss, but she's more petite than Alexa Bliss. The only person who is smaller than her in the actual division is Zelina Vega, and it's not even close. And the way that she throws herself and the way that she sells, she tries to sell like Dolph Ziggler, except Dolph Ziggler is six foot two and two twenty. Ronda comes from the UFC. Yeah. You know I'm big on believability. It makes it too believable because it looks like she's dying every single time. The way Sasha sells, okay, some of the moves that she does, some of the things that happened in that match. Mm-hmm. I'll admit, it was the match I got up to use the restroom. Ooh, wow. Now, part of that is because probably a rumble was coming up soon, so yeah. I want to make sure I didn't miss that. Right. But this match just didn't have a whole lot of substance to me. I mean, there was one moment in the match where I actually thought Sasha had a wardrobe malfunction, and then I realized it was a spot where he, where she choked, where she had the part of her outfit around her, her armband. Yeah. Yes, but it looked like a wardrobe malfunction. Which, by Speaking the way, we had Becky Lynch, we had yeah. wardrobe, we had wardrobe malfunctions later. Uh, earlier, actually, I think it was in the Oscar match. Oh itself. yeah, because apparently there was something where they just took it off the screen, and I didn't even see it. So yeah, it's not that I, I don't I couldn't believe see it you. Either. They they cut off the the, the feed. We actually almost had one in this match too. Actually, we almost had two in this match. I thought the Sasha one was, and then Ronda came very close. Yeah. So to me, this was just a match that existed, and on this pay per view, I downgrade it because of that. Okay, well, I'm going to disagree with you because I actually enjoyed this match because it was so different than Becky and Asuka, even though it was incredibly physical, but it was a different story. Um, this was just, to me, it looked like Becky and, oh, I'm sorry, Ronda and Sasha were wanting to beat the hell out of each other, and it was great to see where. There was a lot of back and forth between Becky and Asuka, whereas opposed to Ronda and Sasha, um, they were just throwing each other like rag dolls, like all over the ring, and it was really cool to watch. It was a different story. It was different physicality. Ronda came. I'm sorry, Sasha came really, 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 really close to making Ronda tap out to the st- bank statement, and um, for a few minutes. Almost made you believe like Sasha was going to be the one to pull this off. Um, it was great to see Ronda pin Sasha Banks as opposed to make her tap out to the armbar. Um, I liked it. Was it better than Becky versus Asuka? No. Was it good? Yes. You could make the case that every single match Ronda has had on this main roster has been great. You can. And this was up there. This was not... Becky versus this was I'm, I keep saying Becky I'm sorry this was not Ronda Charlotte but it, I would say that it was better than Ronda and Alexa and I would honestly say that it was better than Ronda and Nia and that's saying a lot because people may not be aware of this but let's be honest people Ronda and Nia had two very good matches I just again it just didn't it just didn't move the needle for me it's it fine. was now we'll get to another match that I was absolutely loving that people were kind of dead for and again, we'll, we'll get, get to, to it. But for me, this was, okay, I just seen a shooting star press from a 50-year-old. Mm-hmm. I had just seen a match where Becky Lynch tapped out clean. Right. And I had just seen a good cruiserweight match. Right. So to me, this was a letdown. Now, uh, I realized that the tag match was not good, but it was like, I just saw a really unique spot. A spot because nobody does the shooting star and press. And the Ronda-Sasha match just existed see here's the thing i'm that's where i'm gonna tell you and you might you might think i'm crazy but i thought that ronda versus sasha was better than the cruiser te- cruiserweight title match 
to me. That's fair. And you know, and we're gonna have differing opinions. And you just said that's what you love about this podcast when you and mm-hmm. I don't agree. Right. I liked Ronda versus Sasha a lot more. And I didn't. Yeah, it's all good. By the way, uh, we both picked the Miz and Shane McMahon. I know you said that before, and we both picked Ronda. We did. So so far, our only uh, blemish was Nakamura winning the United States title, and that was probably a shock finish for a lot of people. Yeah. So. The longest match on the card, the women's 30, or uh, yes, the 30-woman Royal Rumble match, the second ever, an hour and 12 minutes. That's long. Yes. It didn't feel like super long, though. No, it didn't. No, it was However, really However, I will tell you, the men's Rumble, which went 57 minutes, felt every minute of it. Yes, it did. So. Which just means that I'm going to be completely honest with you, as you said, this year's Women's Royal Rumble was better than the men's. This year's Women's Royal Rumble was better than last year's. For sure. Um, the men's... Okay, here's here's another thing I will say, and of course we'll get to the men's Rumble. Yeah. I think they've gotten the Rumble right two years in a row. They're very good to see that. I am not saying the men's Rumble this year was bad. I think after a while it came down to, okay, it's going to be one of a couple of people, which guess what? Pretty much every Rumble... Even though it's so unpredictable, right? we kind of know after we get to around the 25 mark, okay, it's down to like one of these three people. Yeah. Which happened again this year, which guess what? Predictability, I am fine with to a certain extent. Right. You know, tell me something's going to happen and then deliver. Exactly. So we had Lacey Evans and Natalia start. Yes. So Lacey Evans cuts a promo. Uh, Shows a lot of faith in WWE. I don't know if she forgot a line or if they prematurely cut her mic off, but her promo just ended abruptly, Mm. and then they just cut to Natalia's music. Lacey Evans got almost a half hour in her first match on the main roster. Boy, oh boy. And outside of the first two minutes where she kind of was a little sluggish, maybe the butterflies... Uh, there was a there was a failed kip up. Other than that, she looked great. She did. And by the way, um, credit. Okay, so Natalia was the Iron Woman in this match. Fifty six minutes and one second. Yeah. Um, second on that list was Ember Moon, who went fifty two minutes. Oh, that's right. Twenty three seconds. Then Charlotte, right after that. And Charlotte just crossed the fifty minute mark. Uh the final four. Came down to Nia Jax, Bailey, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte. Because at 28, Lana came out limping from her attack earlier in the or from her injury earlier in the night. Becky Lynch walks out, talks to the only other Irish person on WWE television, Fit Finley. The only other Irish person on WWE? In the back. Oh, okay. In the back. Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah, Finn Balor. He doesn't count. And Sheamus. Yeah, he doesn't count either. (laughs) He he lost to Shane McMahon. No, Cesaro did. They both did. I know. The only person in the backstage area. That's what I meant to say. Fit Finley. They argue for about 30 seconds, and then Fit Finley just says, sure, you can have her spot. So Becky Lynch was technically entrant number 28 and not Lana. Yep. So uh, Becky, Charlotte... Nia Jax and Bailey. Uh, so Charlotte was 13. We had Bailey at 27. Becky Lynch was 28. And Nia Jax was 29. And of course, Carmella was 30. Yes, but just speaking on the final four. Yes. Uh, 
Bailey was eliminated by Nia Jax. And then Nia Jax was eliminated by Becky. With help from Charlotte. Yes. Which actually the storyline was Charlotte needed Becky's help to eliminate Nia. Because Becky was kind of out of it and Charlotte tried to eliminate Nia. So the storyline was they needed each other to eliminate Nia. So it was those two. It's the two everybody wanted at the end. Because it's those two. Right. Uh, Charlotte attacks Becky on the outside. Becky uh, sells her knee. She barely got back into the ring. And then we had a nice little struggle between the two of them. I believe Charlotte missed, what was it, a big boot? Yeah, and then she went over the ring. She went over the ring. Becky hit her with With uh, a clothesline. And Charlotte just kind of collapsed to the floor. And then uh, Becky shoved her right off with a foot. And both feet hit the floor. Your winner of the 2019 Women's Royal Rumble, the man, Becky Lynch. Okay, two things, which is all within the same thing. The pop that Becky Lynch got when she walked out, when Lana was struggling to get back up, was, this is not an exaggeration, guys. Ross and I were there. It was, it was freaking deafening. It was loud in there when Becky came out. People wanted Becky in this match. Carmella was already in at 30, and we were like, what is going on? So I cannot believe Becky's not going to be in the Rumble. But everybody, all of a sudden, you kept on looking over there and like, whoa, hold on for one second. Lana's still not in the ring. What is going on? Becky comes out. It went nuts in there, guys. Fit Finley makes the call to let her in the ring. It got even nuts, more nuts in there. That's how loud it got. When Becky eliminated Charlotte, I lost my voice at one point, basically. I don't know. I mean, you can tell that my voice is a little bit strained tonight. It's because I was screaming like a crazy person for Becky. Uh, The Becky chants were nuts, as they should have been. Uh, Becky Lynch was the most over person in that stadium, and it's not even close. Uh, surprise entrance very quickly. We had, um... Katie Catanzaro. Casey Casey Catanzaro. Rhea Ripley. Yes. Candice LeRae. Yes. That that showdown between Candice LeRae and Zelina Vega was very fun to watch. Uh, I'm going to butcher this person's name. Yeah. Uh, is it, uh, Chia Lee? Yes. Oh my gosh, what a great showing from her. Mm-hmm. Kyrie Zane had a very good showing. Yes. Yes. So that was cool. Um... Who else was in there? And, of course, uh, Lacey Evans had not debuted on the main roster yet, even though we kind of – actually, she had announced. So, actually, that was not a surprise. It was a surprise she was number one. Alexa Bliss had a very good showing, even though it's not a surprise, but it was great to see her back fully recovered from her Um, concussion. Maria Kanellis was a surprise. Yes, it was. Yes. Uh, And then, um, yeah, that's it. Everybody else was announced. Uh, Hornswoggle made a nice little appearance under the ring because Alina Vega was staying under the ring for quite a while in the match. Yes, and also uh, the storyline was uh, Billy Kay was going to wait for Peyton Royce, and then she just got in the ring and got thrown out. When Peyton Royce got in there, yes. Yeah, actually it was right. Uh, yeah, it was It was actually during that, yes. Yeah, Liv Morgan was in the Royal Rumble for eight seconds. Uh, eight. Yeah. And by the way, that was the only elimination for a while. Yes, it was. Uh, also, just to let you know, statistic-wise, Charlotte Flair had the most eliminations with four. Oh, was it four? Okay. It was four. Okay, gotcha. Ruby Riot had three. Uh, Rhea Ripley had, I'm sorry, Rhea Ripley had three. Yeah. 
Rhea Ripley went in there and dominated. Bailey had three. Yeah. And Nia Jax had three. Yep. Bailey, or I'm sorry, Becky Lynch only had two. Which was Charlotte. Becky Lynch eliminated Charlotte. Would you like to guess who else she eliminated, and then we will move on. Uh, didn't she? Did she eliminate Carmella? Nia Jax. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. We just talked about that mm-hmm. earlier. Sorry, my apologies. Nia Jax I, I, and Charlotte. That's fine. That's two most important people to eliminate. It was. It had to make. It, you obviously had to see it coming that Becky was going to eliminate Nia Jax. Yes, makes sense. Yeah. So Becky Lynch is we your. Is your women's is your 2019 women's Royal Rumble winner? Yes, and uh, everybody loved it. Yep. Daniel Bryan, the new Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles for the this- WWE Championship. I did call that this match was not going to end clean. However, I did say that AJ was going to win by disqualification. Which I actually means- called that this match was going to be won by Daniel Bryan. So, for the purposes of our prediction, you get it. Thank you. That's fine. I get you back immediately here in a second. I know. Son of a gun. So, uh, Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles, for a technical wrestling match, had a very good had the best match, match on the show. Uh, probably. Yeah. As a technical wrestling match, bell to bell, yeah. this was match of the show. Uh, However, this was the worst place match on the card. It came after a huge Becky Lynch win, and the last thing people wanted to see was a wrestling match. Which so, is sad because these two are great and they can feud till the end of time. I, I was very upset about this match because I actually had I went to the restroom at the beginning of this match. I was Fool. waiting in line. I was waiting in line and I heard, um, they don't want none. They don't want none. I was like telling people, guys, everybody. yeah. I was like, guys, please hurry up and urinate so I can go ahead and catch AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan. Please, thank you. I get to my seat and Chase Field is crickets to the point. I actually had three different conversations going on in the middle of AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan. How disrespectful of me, who is a huge AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan fan, for me to be having separate conversations during this match. But that's how out of it I was after the Becky win. And it's just a testament as to what WWE completely messing up the booking decision of placing this match after the Women's Royal Rumble. So your three conversations that you were having during this time were... Obviously, about the new day, Michael Cole and, and Triple, H. Triple H. Yes, nice. You know, glad I was not sitting next to you then. You probably would have slapped me. <laughs> I wanted to slap myself. So, if you if you want to watch a great slow, b- okay, I will be brief. This entire feud is Daniel Bryan bringing AJ Styles down to his level. Mm-hmm. That is the feud. Yes, the new Daniel Bryan took the belt from AJ Styles, the best wrestler on the planet. He is making him not be exciting, be more aggressive, be more take vicious, more chances, be more vicious, and play Daniel Bryan's pacing and style. Yeah. And it's working against him. So in this match, if you are telling me that these are the two best wrestlers on your show, SmackDown, AJ cannot lose clean. You have built him up as the best thing on the planet. You cannot have him lose clean to Daniel Bryan, mm. which he didn't. However, no one expected Eric Rowan to show up. He just sauntered down to ringside. He put In a the flannel shirt. Ah, yes, the flannel shirt and beard. Very Daniel Bryan esque. Very new Eric Rowan esque. So he uh, he gives a claw choke slam to AJ Styles. 
comes out of the ring. Daniel Bryan crawls over for the one, two, three. Yep. Your winner, and still your WWE champion, the new Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan. So, what does this mean going forward? Um, it means that I would think, for the time being, that this feud is over. Unfortunately. However... I have a bad feeling we're going to get an AJ Styles, Eric Rowan match on television. Um, and I guarantee you, AJ Styles is going to make Eric Rowan like look like the best giant on the roster. Now, I will be fair. Mm-hmm. We have not seen Eric Rowan in a singles match in quite some time. Yeah. In fact, I want to believe the last one was involving him in the Bludgeon Brothers. Because I believe they had singles matches when they were feuding with, with the, the Usos. Day. Oh, okay, and the new, didn't they have singles? Possibly with the New Day as well. Yeah. However, before that, I'm going to say WrestleMania 32 against The Rock. Yep. In a six-second match. Listen, Eric Rowan is not Luke Harper. Correct. That's However, for this gimmick, I actually like it. That's fine. It gives Daniel Bryan a heavy. Yeah. It gives Eric Rowan something to do. Mm -hmm. It advances the storyline of Daniel Bryan's getting followers to his cause. I like it. A six foot eleven vegan. Why not? Okay, there you go. That's cool. So again, best wrestling match on the show. I realized the crowd was kind of dead for it. I was dead for it. I will fully admit that. Here's what I will say: You were there live. (laughs) I was there live. Watch that match with commentary, and I'm sure it'll be great. Or do yourself a favor: watch that match with commentary, and then watch it on mute. It's still a great wrestling match. There was so many. Just watch it for the wrestling match. It's a great match. Yeah. It is. No, no, I know. It, it's it, it's it's just a mess up on WWE. They should have placed it somewhere else different on the card. And you know what? They did the same thing to Samoa Joe and AJ Styles at Hell in a Cell. They put it right after that barn burner of a tag team match between Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. They shouldn't have placed it right after that. They decided to. And, you know, crowd was half dead for that match too. And it's just it just pisses me off because it's the WWE title and it's the two Two of the best wrestlers on the planet. And it's just disrespectful. We then had, in my humble opinion. Your humble opinion is wrong, but go ahead. The low point in this show. Mm. Finn Balor challenging Brock Lesnar. That was my first time ever seeing Brock Lesnar live. Did not disappoint. He's rather large. He's a For the universal title. This match went under nine minutes. Finn Balor got in a lot of offense in this match, though. All right, here's why this match sucked. First of all, it's Brock Lesnar. I'm bored by every single one of his matches. Okay. okay? His match with Daniel Bryan was good. His match with AJ Styles was good. His feud with Goldberg was fine. The match itself at WrestleMania I actually enjoyed. Brock Lesnar, I realize, is not asked to wrestle 20-minute matches. I realize he is not paid by the hour. I'm not saying that. The character of Brock Lesnar not being on TV, showing up 10 times a year, and doing the exact same match every time with the exact same finish every time, except for tonight, it bores me. Paul Heyman's great. Every time I see Paul Heyman, I cheer, and then I boo Brock Lesnar. So here's why this match sucked. Mm -hmm. So, the whole match is Finn Balor attacking his abdomen. Right. 
the first mat or the first spot on the outside, I swear to you, and I'm not trying to be um graphic. He took a shot to the dick. He took a shot to the groin. Yeah. Not his abdomen, his groin. Yeah. Now the other two were to the groin. And then Finn Balor goes for coup de gras, hits it once, right? He barely kicks out. Oh no. He not only kicks out, he immediately puts on the Kimura and Finn Balor just taps. Right. So, for as much offense as he got in, for as great as Finn Balor managed with the Beast for eight minutes, he looked like a chomp. He tapped out to one Kimura, three suplexes, and zero F5s. And I'm supposed to take this guy seriously. Why? I don't. Right. It sucked this match bored me it sucked i never want to see this match again done wow as far as i'm concerned until brock lesnar's not the universal champion keep finn Balor away from the main event scene move him to smackdown where he fits in better don't ever need to see this match ever again sucked your rebuttal I mean, I picked Finn Balor to win this match. And oh, was, yeah, that's the other thing. I is, did cheer because I knew you were going to lose this match. Okay, well, I mean. I got my win back, everybody. Yeah, uh, by the way, at the end of it all, we freaking tied for the two pay-per-views, and I'm actually quite irritated about that. But um, Really only by technicality, but it works. Get out of here. Oh, I, I should like, have just picked Daniel Bryan to win instead of trying to be cute. That's fine. Well, I was trying to be cute. You still picked Finn Balor to win the title. So. Yeah, I was trying to be cute. Um, Finn Balor got in a lot of offense in this match. This match went nearly 10 minutes, and it was a really great 10-minute joyride. Um, again, I think what kind of hurt this match a little bit was Brock's legit shot to the dick on the, on the edge of the uh, announce table, which looked like it really, really hurt, and he looked like he was in a lot of pain. Um I thought that the Kimura lock making him tap out kind of sucked, but he was so far away from the ropes, there was just no legitimate way that Balor was going to go ahead and make it all the way over to the bottom rope. It just, you knew that that wasn't going to happen. It was, it would have been, it would have looked too illegitimate. illegitimate. Um, I thought it was a, a thrill ride. I really did, and I enjoyed myself, you know, for that 10 minutes. Um, and it was great. It was great. Um, it didn't surprise me that Brock win. Well, excuse me, win. Brock won, but I had a great time cheering for Balor as hard as I did. Forty-five thousand cheered for Balor along with me, and that's all I can ask for. I would have loved for Balor to be able to win the match, but you know, such is life. Sucked. Men's Royal Rumble, the 2019 Men's Royal Rumble. Elias was the number one entrant. Yes, he was, and I was very excited about this. I thought this promo did drag out quite a lot, uh, qu- quite a little longer than it should have. He talked a lot of smack. He he called. He said, "Dare I say he turned heel?" He definitely turned heel. I mean, on Jeff I mean, Jarrett. I mean, we'll talk about it more on Thursday. Yeah, I think he's definitely now a heel. Oh, now. definitely. Uh, but he he cut a promo against the Diamondbacks and their fans. Yeah, and. Phoenix and the school system. Well, actually, pretty much everybody did. Which, let's be honest, we do have our problems. Yep. I don't need to go into a debate about the teachers thing because I know that's another fight that we're not having on this program. No, I don't. But our schools are kind of lux. Yep. 
even though I got a good I got a good education out of them. The whole point is that Elias started. Uh, he was not playing in the ring, so we knew something was going to happen. Jeff Jarrett was number two. J E double F J A double R E double T. He did the strut. Came out with his old gear. He looked very fat. <laughs> yeah, he did. Although he looked less fat tonight, he also pulled part of a WCW gimmick in uh, on uh, Raw tonight. Listen up, slap nuts. <laughs> that was not something he did in WWF no. or E. Just saying. The many reincarnations of Jeff Jarrett. Hopefully, we get uh, his uh, his uh, double MA challenge back. That would be awesome. I don't know if I want to see Jeff Jarrett back on WWE programming for a long period of time, though. Well, he's a Hall of Famer. They can do whatever they want. I guess so. I mean, there's plenty of Hall of Famers that are on the show all the time. Yeah, I know. We love Kurt, and Kurt's obviously slowed down. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm not saying I need to see Jeff Jarrett every week. Right. But it was a surprise. It was kind of random. I mean, they both have guitars. Mm -hmm. I guess that's why they did it. Uh, Jeff Jarrett was beaten up with a guitar and thrown out by Elias to start this match. Yeah. So that's the start we got to this uh, event. Uh, let's see. Other surprises to this show. Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle himself, yeah. Uh, we also had Pete Dunne. We had Johnny Gargano. We had Johnny Gargano. Aleister Black. Uh, no Way Jose was a surprise, I believe. Um, no Way Jose was in there for six seconds. Um, let's see. Shelton Benjamin was a surprise. Yes. Jeff Hardy was a surprise. Jeff Hardy was a surprise. And um, I think that there was the biggest surprise of all. By the way, Shinsuke Nakamura was also a surprise. He was, and then, uh, you know, it surprised me that he lasted so little, given the fact that he was last year's Royal Rumble winner. Uh, did Kurt Hawkins announce, or was he also a mystery entrant? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he announced. I don't care about Kurt Hawkins. I mean, I'm just saying. I know. That's hilarious. It's just. And uh, also, uh, Nia Jax. Right. Was that, in, was the big, was that was the biggest By surprise. the way, she now has the claim of the only person to be in both Rumbles. Yes. Because now there are two Rumbles. So That's now, correct. So now that will be a trivia question of who who is the first to be in both the men's and women's Rumble the same year. So Nia she comes. Jax. So R-Truth comes out at 30. Um, he's walking out. He's doing his little rap. It's like, what's up? What's up? And all of a sudden, Nia Jax comes in. She throws him against the barricade and starts beating the snot out of him. And she goes ahead and makes her way over to the ring. And Phoenix was going nuts. I was confused. I was not going nuts. I was genuinely confused. I was like, what is going on? Why is Nia out here? Is she about to go ahead and announce that Roman's coming back right now? Is Rock going to go show up? Nope. Nia Jax is just making her strut down to the ring. And she gets in the ring. And she eliminated Mustafa Ali. Uh... Side note, Mustafa Ali arguably had one of the strongest rumbles. Yes. Uh, he eliminated Shinsuke Nakamura. Oh, I'm sorry. He eliminated, yeah, he eliminated Nakamura and Joe. Amazing. Yeah. Very amazing. And uh, fitting because each woman that has been the, in the Royal Rumble, China eliminated yeah. Mark Henry. Beth Phoenix eliminated the great, great Kali. Kali. Uh, Karma, a.k.a. Awesome Kong, eliminated Ziggler. She did. And then Nia Jax eliminated Mustafa Ali. So I don't think it hurts Ali. He eliminated two guys that he's probably going to be feuding with. Yes. So, it made sense that he would eliminate Samoa Joe because Samoa Joe's been making his life a living hell for the past few uh, years. Nia Jax got super kicked, 619, and, and RKO'd. RKO'd. Oh, my gosh. When she got RKO'd, that place came unglued. Randy Orton, because they did a stare down in the middle of the ring. Randy Orton was like, is this my lot in life? I'm staring next to Nia Jax, and the crowd's going to go next when I give her an RKO. That's his lot in life. That's fine. It's great. It's still such an over move. I still give all the credit to Diamond Dallas Page. 
that isn't a very I mean, it's look. Really, I he get does it the, so much better than he did back in the day. Well, and I get that the move is the RKO. Nobody calls it the diamond cutter. I right. understand that, but still the diamond cutter. You watch when DDP was doing the diamond cutter. That was like easily the most over move ever. And like, he, he the, I, Randy Orton arguably does it better than DDP. Like when we go back in the history of move like finishing moves that are over. Yeah. Diamond Cutter RKO is pretty high up there. It really is. The the variations of how he's been able to hit it over the past, just in the past few years, has been absolutely insane. Out of nowhere. You know, I mean, he has, again, nobody will forget the shooting star press. Um, Obviously, the WrestleMania 31 curb stop into the RKO. He has pulled Seth Rollins off the top rope into an RKO. He has reversed an attitude adjustment from John Cena into an RKO. He has reversed a choke slam into an RKO. He has reversed a powerbomb seated Dolph Ziggler on him, thrown him up, and then dropped him with an RKO. Did you already mention the uh, curb stomp into an RKO? I did mention okay. that. Yes. Oh, he he RKO'd Roman Reigns in the midst of going up for a uh, Superman punch and RKO'd him. He also did an RKO in the middle of Undertaker's choke slam. Yes, that was the WrestleMania 21 set uh, moment. That was great. I'm telling you, he can turn. If you're taking a dump. He's going to turn it into an RKO. That's not the visual I was going for. I'm sorry. I apologize. Seriously. Sorry. Check yourself. I will. Uh, Iron Man of this match, Seth Rollins. 43 minutes, which yes. we will get further. Uh, I'm just going over the brief stats here. Would you like to guess who is in the Rumble the second longest amount? Was it Mustafa Ali? It was Mustafa Ali at exactly 30 minutes. He did a really good job. Samoa Joe was in there for 23 minutes and 20, or he was in there for 23 minutes and 43 seconds. Yep. Andrade was in there for 22 minutes and 31 seconds. I want to go ahead and just. The only other guy that was in there for 20 plus minutes. Yes, I said correctly. The only other man besides Joe, Rollins, Ali, and Andrade that was in for more than 20 minutes. Was it Alistair Black or Pete Dunne? Drew McIntyre. Oh, okay. Everyone else was under 20 minutes. By the way, this rumble went you said 57. 57 minutes and 35 seconds. Right. Your final four was Seth Rollins, Braun Strowman, it was Dolph Ziggler, and it was Andrade. Okay, I want to go ahead and just say one thing really quickly, because I'm pretty sure I said Andrade was going to be in the final four. That's fine. And you told me... That you were nuts? Yes. Yes. I, I still think you're nuts. I know. I was right. So there you go. That's fine. Yeah. So Randy Orton eliminated Rey Mysterio, and then Andrade eliminated Randy Orton. Great spot. Freaking fantastic. Uh, also, uh, we had Aleister Black eliminating Dean Ambrose. That was an important spot of the match. Yes, we did. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Z- Ziggler eliminating McIntyre. That, that was, was big. Huge. Yes. That was big. Uh, so, by the way, No Way Jose was in there for two seconds. He did not break Santino's record. Uh, Xavier Woods was in there for like maybe five seconds. Titus O'Neil was in there for five seconds. And what was Bobby Xavier? Lashley was in there for 13. Yep. And then he. Jinder Mahal was in there for 29. Yep. Uh, who did you ask about? Uh, Xavier Woods. Three seconds. Yes. Uh, Bobby Lashley was in there for thir- or for 12 seconds, you said? 13. 13, and then he it was eliminated by uh, Seth Rollins. He then proceeded to take Seth Rollins underneath the bottom rope and then chokeslam him through a table. 
which took him out and laid him out. By the way, the the cool spot of the Women's Rumble, I failed to mention this. Mandy Rose was in there for quite a while. She did. We knew that she was, she was not going to be eliminated until Naomi came out. Naomi then eliminated her. She then did her Naomi spot. She got back to the steps. And then Mandy Rose just took her off the steps and eliminated her. It was crazy. Awesome storytelling. Yeah, it was. The crowd was very upset at Mandy Rose at that time. Of course. Heel heat. It's great. Yes. So your final four is, uh, oh, by the way, I still think because Kofi had two spots, mm-hmm. I still think Kofi me- messed up his second it one. It seemed like he did. So I don't know, but they were both eliminated and whatever. So your final four, Seth Rollins was taken out on the outside. Braun Strowman was taken out on the outside. So you had basically those two, Ziggler, and then Andrade. So then Andrade was eliminated by... Was it Strowman or Seth Rollins? Strowman. Ziggler was eliminated by Strowman. Right. So we had Seth versus Braun. Braun was getting audibly booed yes he was now that is not a symptom of tonight by the way ronda was booed in her match against sasha ronda's been getting booed for and ronda's been getting booed but braun has really started to be being booed when it comes to certain people especially seth rollins right uh came down to those two and uh, it got down where essentially they were about to do the big show rock spot Yes. Which was Braun Strowman was carrying him on his shoulder. Then they almost did the Benoit Big Show spot where Benoit kind of had him in a headlock and draped him over. Right. So they did a combination of those two. Then they were on the hardest part of the apron. They were on the outside. And then uh, Rollins gave him the curb stomp. Off the apron. And Strowman fell to the floor and you winner. That was a very cool spot, by the way. The 2019 Men's Royal Rumble. Seth. Rollins. Seth freaking Rollins, baby. By the way, uh, Seth Rollins was wearing Phoenix Suns colors, purple uh, and orange. Yeah, he was. Carmella was wearing Phoenix Suns colors. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was somebody else. By the way, Andrade, bright yellow, I went blind. <laughs> I was like, holy cow, yellow. Zelina Vega dressed up as Vega from Street Fighter. That was cool, too. Yeah. Liked that. Um, so, we have Seth Rollins. Uh... And, of course, we had Monday Night Raw, which we will talk about on Thursday. Yes. But uh, we both picked Seth Rollins. I believe you had him eliminating McIntyre. Yes. You had him eliminating, who did you, uh, Randy Orton. Yes, which I believe, once again, Orton was in the final five. Five. Because Andrade eliminated him to make it the final four. Correct. So I was close. Yes, you were. And, and uh, you also, Joe, you were close on Carmella, too. You said, you said she was going to be final four. She was final five, too. How about that? How about that? Yeah. I mean, at least I didn't pick somebody that was out like in the first five. Well, I mean, I picked Ruby Riot, and she kind of was eliminated halfway through, and that was frustrating. Uh, So we go to most eliminations, and then we will wrap up. Braun Strowman had five eliminations. Drew McIntyre had four. So good. They uh, They kept two of their strongest guys getting eliminations. We will preview the fact that they had an awesome match tonight. I should say it was good. It was good. It was good at Raw. We'll talk about it. Yeah. I still liked it because it was a brawl, and it's two guys I love. Yeah. Uh, we'll have much more to talk about Raw. So five and four. Uh, Seth Rollins had three eliminations. Samoa Joe had three eliminations. Samoa Joe was actually doing really, really well. I was actually surprised that he got eliminated so early. Mustafa Ali probably had two of the most important eliminations of the night, Nakamura one, I think and Joe. he had Joe. one of the better showings overall. No doubt. Uh, and then... 
I want to say Pete Dunn had like two eliminations. Pete Dunn had zero eliminations. Really? You know who did have two, though? Baron Corbin. And guess and guess who Baron Corbin eliminated? Well, first it was first it was Apollo Cruz, which nobody cares about. He eliminated Aleister Black, and it got he a got, pretty big boo. Yeah, it did. Again, how many times do I have to say this? Baron Corbin is awesome. <laughs> He's awesome. He's one of the better heels in the roster. Period. He gets genuine heel heat. Yes, he does. That's awesome. That's what heels are supposed to do. Which, That's by the way, thing. the year before when they were pushing him in the Money in the Bank contract, he was not getting the seal heat. No, he wasn't. That's why I still stand by the fact that he's that he's one of, if not the most improved character on that roster. Yep. Night and day. I agree. So, to quickly recap, we had uh, Root and Gable beat Razor and Dawson in a nothing tag match. Nakamura is your new United States champion. Buddy Murphy retained the cruiserweight title in the Fatal 4-Way. Asuka retained her SmackDown women's title against Becky Lynch. The Miz and Shane McMahon are your new SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Ronda Rousey defended her title and retained her title against Sasha Banks. Daniel Bryan got a win over AJ Styles with help from Eric Rowan. It was not a disqualification. Brock Lesnar is still your Universal Champion, defeating Finn Balor. And the winners of the 2019 Rumbles are Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins. For it to be my first ever WWE pay-per-view experience, it was an amazing experience. Don't let the fact that I got mad about this tag team title match take away from the fact that the Royal Rumble was awesome. It was awesome. It was uh, it was everything I expected it to be. It was loud. By the way, on our very first podcast, Ross and I did a top five of the best crowds in the WWE universe, and I put in, because I was being biased, I said Phoenix. Phoenix, you didn't let me down this weekend, guys. Thank you. Thank you for making me look somewhat smart and making me look like I know what I'm talking about every once in a while because y'all were loud on Sunday. Y'all were really loud on Saturday. It was fantastic. It was great. Phoenix deserves to have WWE come out here for big events more often. Great way to start 2019. Absolutely. I loved it. And uh, Phoenix and Phoenix uh had it come out with a bang. It sure did. Uh you know what? I hope Vinnie Mac knows that he needs to bring back WrestleMania to the desert. Could happen. I'm hoping so. You never know. You Although never he know. does like to go to new stadiums. I feel like Atlanta's overdue. Um, they had it last in twenty seven. And I know the Dolphins have a new stadium. I know they were just at Miami in twenty eight. It's, it's the same state. Oh, are you talking about the baseball stadium? No. I'm talking about the Dolphins hard rock. The Hard Rock is the same one. They just added a roof. Yeah, I know. Oh, okay. Just saying it's refurbished. Oh, fair enough. I don't think they're going to do Minnesota. It's too cold for that time of year. Maybe they do SummerSlam there. But it's got a dome. I know, but still, you don't don't want people traveling from the world to frigid Minnesota in April. They're going to Jersey this year, and it's in April. But it's New York. Okay, I mean, okay. New York is not. Oh, I'm sorry. Minneapolis-St. Paul is not New York. Guarantee you once Vegas is done with their stadium for the Raiders, they they will have a WrestleMania in Vegas and then be aware that WrestleMania is coming back to LA very, very soon. It won't surprise me. As soon as they're done with the stadium for the Rams and the Chargers, WrestleMania will be back in LA as soon as possible. Of course. Yeah. That's going to do it for us here at the Double Turn Podcast. Another uh, long episode. It was needed though. Yes. Uh, With these big pay-per-views, we have takeovers as well. Jay, man, good to have you back. That was a pleasure, my friend. Good to have your voice back. Good to have everything back. So, we have our show on Thursday. Yes. 
Over the week that was, Raw SmackDown 205 Live NXT, we'll talk about our live experience at Talking Stick Resort Arena. We had sweet tickets. We did have sweet tickets. They were two sweet, sweet tickets. They were. That's right. Too sweet me, bro. Air style. There Ooh. we go. So for the J-Man, this has been Boss Ross, and this has been the Double Turn Podcast. We will catch you on the flip side. Rakhayim. <laughs>